Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Conversations Podcast. I am Scott Law. And I'm Terry Law. And we are back again to, I think, wrap up our talk about how to hear God's voice. Really, today we're going to talk about how to sensitize your receiver. (laughs) In other words, how to better listen and tune yourself in to actually hearing from the Holy Spirit and hearing the voice of God. So, Dad, jump in. Do you want me to? Do you want me to actually read scripture to start off, or is there something? Well, the first principle of, uh, and I'm going to have four principles, and these are guaranteed to bring the voice of God to you, and I highly recommend them. Uh, The first one will be meditation in the Word, and Scott, I want you to read Joshua one eight, okay, if you would please, and then I want to take that verse apart as I deal with the, the most important thing of meditating on God's word. Okay, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Oh, out of your mouth? Out of your mouth. Oh, did it say that? It didn't say your heart. It says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Out of your mouth. Um, because that's where meditation takes place. It takes place in the mouth. So. Yes. But you shall meditate therein day and night, and you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Joshua 1.8. There's a lot in that verse. Let's go through it slowly. Uh, this book of the law. Okay, that's, uh, that's speaking in, in the Old Testament, and Joshua Today, the book of the law for them was primarily the Pentateuch. Pentateuch, yeah. Uh, First five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So that was an important part of the word for them. But he goes on to say, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Friends, I can't say how important your mouth is in learning how to hear the voice of God. You've got to pick up what his mouth is saying. And you remember what we said about the rhema word. A rhema word from God is different than a logos word. Logos is the entire Bible. Rhema simply means a word that God speaks. When God speaks to you and illustrates to you uh, the thoughts contained in a verse, uh, that word becomes rhema, and when it starts to burn in your heart, you realize that you're listening to God's voice. That's how God speaks. Mm. So I want to go back and, and mention that, but this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, what does it say, day and, day night? and night? Day and night. Day and night. So there never comes a time when you shouldn't meditate in the Word of God. Uh, that's, that's important. Oftentimes, in my younger ministry, I would ask people, what verses are you meditating on? And that was a general comment made to the entire congregation. Which select verses has God put in your heart for you to meditate on, and you have focused your attention on them, and uh, I'm going to talk about what meditate is in a minute, but uh, it's it's so important that you have Scripture and be looking to the Word of God constantly. If it's in a certain area the Holy Spirit is inspired, then 
get other verses that speak in that direction. But it's so important that we be intentional in, in, in the way we approach God's Word to make up our mind we're going to hear. So anyway, I'm going to move on now and talk to you about uh, this book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. That word meditate. When I was a boy, I grew up on a farm up in Canada. Scott, you've been up there and seen mm-hmm. uh, some of the farmers and ranchers I, I worked with. But uh, one thing I had to do as a young boy was learn how to milk a cow. And I was always puzzled by cows because I could watch a cow take a big bite of grass or hay out of the, the manger and chew on it for a while, and I'd be milking the cow. And all of a sudden, the cow would stop chewing. And I, I wondered for many years what happened to the food in the cow's mouth because after maybe a half an hour, it would start to chew again. And it was just like it was a fresh experience and starting all over. And it wasn't until I was in college in a biology class that someone explained what uh, what it is to a chew, uh, for a cow to chew its cud, and when I heard it, it just, I remember just it was like a, a rainbow word from God almost in the sense that a cow and we're not going to eat after this uh, session today, so don't uh, don't worry about it. But a cow has the ability to chew on its cud, to chew what's in his mouth, and then to swallow it. And it can um, swallow it forever, however long it wants to hold it, but then it brings it back up and it starts to chew it again, and that's the ability that the cow has. So if I was milking a cow, the cow might stop milking or stop chewing altogether, but uh, the food is still there. It's just been processed and being processed down in the stomach. And that's what the word meditate means in the Hebrew. It's a cow chewing its cud. That's where that word comes from. And friends, let me try to illustrate this to you on a, on a practical basis. In the early days of my ministry with Living Sound, we would travel huge amounts of di- distance on the highways. And at one time I had four groups and I had four buses and we were traveling all the time nonstop. And one thing I found that on the bus, there wasn't much to do. Some people would uh, read and, and I would read a whole lot. That's where I learned how to study. But um, the, the important thing for me was I could sit and look out the window and watch the beautiful scenery go by and all the rest of that. But that gets boring after about an hour or two hours or whatever. And uh, I had such a hunger in my heart for God's Word that I, I would begin to take the Word and take it apart. Like this very verse in uh, Joshua 1.8. Read that one more time and, and let's look at how how to take that apart in a practical way and learn how to meditate on what the Bible says. Go sure. ahead. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you- now, j- just 
pause there for a moment. Let's just say this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. It's got to stay there. It's got to be there day in, day out. And the importance of keeping it in your mouth is the importance of learning how to hear the voice of God. The next phrase says, but thou shalt meditate therein in the word of God day and night. Now, meditate is what a cow does in uh, chewing it. And my counsel to you is take the word, take a phrase in the word, or maybe just one word in the text and chew on it. Swallow it for a while and come back and chew on it some more. But I'll guarantee you, you chew on that word long enough and you're going to start to partake of the life of God that's in the word. The thing that makes the word of God alive is God's life. That's the Zoe of God. Zoe is the most uh, used word in the book of John. It speaks of in Jesus, in him was uh, life, and the life, life was the light of men. Uh, over and over, the Bible talks about eternal life. And, and, uh, but it, it, it's, it's so important for us to understand that the life of God, and let me, let me diverge here, or uh, uh, what's the word? Sidebar. Sidebar, okay. <laughs> let me trace this rabbit trail, if I may. Uh, when we use the term, the, the, the word of God, what are we talking about? The Bible says in Genesis 1, in the, no, in, in John 1, in the beginning was the word, the Logos, and the word was with God, the word was God. So would it be accurate for me to say that when Jesus became a man, uh, he became the word of God, a living word of God? Uh, now, what do you call the Bible? The Bible calls itself the Word of God. Do we have a mix-up in, in biblical terms? If Jesus is the Word of God, what is the Bible? And uh, the Bible declares itself to be the Word of God, flat out. Uh, for the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. So there are two words in Scripture that are called the Word of God. Let me suggest to you, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Word of God? Yes, I do. Do you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? I, I'm sure that you're saying yes as I talk. But let me ask you a question. If Jesus came to your Sunday morning service next week and showed up in your church, do you think if Jesus was there, you, you would expect to see healing? You would expect to see miracles? Salvation? All these various things. Would you expect that? I'd say yes. I'd say you would. But most of you, when you go to church, don't expect the Word to do the same things that Jesus will do. And it is important to note that every anointing and every power of God that is in Jesus is also in the, in the living Word, or I mean the written Word. The written Word. Jesus is the living word. The Bible is the written word, but they both contain the power of God. Yet our faith believes that when Jesus says something, we'll believe it, but we won't really grab a hold of it if it's in the Bible. 
it somehow loses its its attraction. So what I'm trying to say here is uh, the importance of understanding uh, the Word of God being Jesus, the Word of God being Scripture. And uh, when I believe, Scott, that in that verse out of uh, Proverbs 4, incline thine ear unto my sayings, mm. that in that verse we're bowing ourselves to the authority of the Word, just like we would to Jesus. If Jesus was in the room, we would bow, we would listen to hear carefully what he has to say. When we come to Scripture, the written Word, we need to approach it with the same reverence, with the same expectancy, believing that God's going to talk to us through that Word. Any comments on that? Yeah, just talking about meditating. I remember when I came to you just over four years ago and told you that I had been diagnosed with cancer, you immediately gave me scripture verses to meditate on and find scripture verses that you can settle into and lean into and press into and, and, and speak and hear and roll over inside of yourself to, to have them really build me up and strengthen me, that, that spiritual workout that we talked about. And you asked a moment ago in your earlier years of preaching, you would ask an audience, you know, what, what verse are you meditating on? And the, there were two verses I meditated on, but probably one more than the other was Psalms 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And that, that kind of ties into Joshua 1, 8, uh, that second part of uh, verse 1. This book of the law will not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate on it day and night. And mm -hmm. there's a tie there with, uh, you know, with Psalms 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times, day or night. So did you His praise did will you continually sense, be in my mouth. What did you sense from the Word of God when you were meditating? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's easy to, 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 to quote Scripture when things are going well. Mm -hmm. But when you're going through chemo or you have just survived a surgery or a deadly car crash or just come back from being deployed, deployed in a combat situation, you know, that's a, it's an entirely different thing. And having to practice this you know, practice what you preach. It's mm -hmm. a whole, like when mom died, you know, and, and your wife died, it's a whole lot easier to talk about this, but when you actually have to do it, that's where the rubber hits the road mm -hmm. and the buffeting as Paul talks about. And so for me, the, the practice of meditation helped me because it, the habit of, you know, when you, when you're going through, when you're receiving treatment and you're sitting in a chair and then you come home and you're so depleted and you lie on your bed or you lie on the couch or you lie in the chair, you could, there's only so much of Netflix you can watch. There's only so much attention you have to read. And then you sit there and you're so wiped out. And I find my, found my mind wandering. And then I would think back to what you said. I needed to meditate. And so I would take just two, two, one or two scriptures and I would say them to myself. And I would say them again. And I would say them and emphasize different parts of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... Uh, different uh, uh, syllables. What, what did you? How would you say that? The emphasis on, on the, the right, right syllable. Yeah, and so I would emphasize different parts of the scripture. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. And so I would focus on different areas. And Dad, I can tell you, assuredly, right now, that fundamentally helped me. Because as I kept doing it, and as the days and weeks and months went along, and I was entering into the 
latter parts of parts of my treatment, it was really hard. I mean, I had a hard time because so much chemo was built up in my body. So much, I was so drained, but I had been meditating so much on fundamental scriptures that when I felt weak, when I felt challenged, when I felt just almost overwhelmed, the first thing that would come to my mind would be Psalms 34, one, I will bless the Lord at all times. What is this time right now? It's a part of all times. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really, really crappy. I just got poison shot into my body. You know what? I'm going to praise God because you know what? I believe that this chemo is God's using it to heal my body. And he did. Mm. And it strengthened me and it was a spiritual workout and it was hard. Mm. But that meditation allowed me to really build up that strength and, and attune my ear to the Holy Spirit and attune my spirit towards God's spirit. It fundamentally helped me get through that hard time. That's a wonderful testimony. Wow. We're talking reality here, folks. We're not talking just theology or something. We read it in a book somewhere. We've had to walk out. In, in, in our flesh, we've had to walk out what challenges the Word of God talks about. And uh, I tell you one thing, like the old Scottish uh, teacher said, it's better felt than telt. Uh, and that, that's the way it is with God's Word. The more you become familiar with God's Word, hide it in your heart, meditate on it, talk about it, the more your tension is there, the more you start hearing. God starts talking, and you're amazed at the Lord saying this or the Lord saying that. So the first step in hearing the voice of God is to learn how to meditate. So take us seriously, please, and take time to listen. Take time to find scriptures that speak to you and the particular need that you have in your life, in your job, in your household, where whatever that part of your life you want to hear from God in. Find scriptures that speak in that direction and then take them apart. Chew on them. Swallow them. Bring them back up. Chew on it some more. And in the process, God will start to unfold himself to you, and you'll start to hear his voice. Uh, I remember, Scott, in the early days, I had heard a lot about the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is the word of knowledge. And I had never operated in that myself. I, I didn't really know how, and I didn't want to fake spiritual gifts, if it ain't real, it's, I'm not going to mess with it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but in, in, on the bus when I was traveling with Living Sound, years on the bus, riding, sitting above the back wheels with that big diesel engine behind me, humming, and uh, taking the verses apart and chewing on the verses, I would get so full of the presence of God and the life of God. The life of God would come out of those out of the scripture, and I would sense the life inside of me. Just, you know, if this, if the spirit of him who raises Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised Christ from the dead shall give Zoe to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. That God the Holy kind of Spirit life. is bringing life. Yeah. And I, I was, I was dealing in life, and I would walk off that bus at night. Uh, we'd go and 
have a bite to eat and put our uh, clothes on and and get, get up on the stage. And I, I began to hear things, and I didn't know where it was coming from. It scared me at first. I remember one of the first words of knowledge I ever had. I was uh, in a town that had a Bible college in it, and the church that I, uh, Living Sound was singing in was connected to the Bible college. And uh, in the middle, or at the end of the service one night, I just said, there's a young man here. You've hit another man in the face. And you're in this service and you're under severe conviction from the Lord. And the Lord is telling you to go to whoever it was that you hit and to apologize and ask for forgiveness. Well, I didn't know it, but there was a Bible school class in the church that night. They had had a teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And the kids just didn't believe because they'd never seen anybody operate in the word of knowledge or the word of uh, wisdom, whatever. They had not seen it, discerning of spirits. And uh, so when I spoke that out, it was like a gas went through a certain area of the crowd. And then I found out that the, uh, you know, the, the Bible school class was there. And I, I can't tell you, at the end of the service, a young man came running down to the altar, threw himself on the altar, started weeping before the Lord and confessing sin to the Lord. And it was that guy who'd hit another guy in the face with a fist, arguing on the fact that the gifts of the Spirit didn't work anymore. And God had taken me and an example of me and a word of knowledge to kind of blow their circuits totally in the fact that they knew I didn't know about that fight. I had nothing to do with that Bible school, nor had I been there. But I knew about what they knew, and when they saw that God had showed it to me, it was it was a practical example. It showed them this stuff works. It mm. really does work. Mm. But uh, it is so important, friends, that uh, we make and discipline ourselves. Like Paul says, you, you got to buffet your body. you got to tell your body to... Be quiet to sit down. You need to spend time just meditating with the Lord. And I promise you, if you'll spend the time sooner or later, you're going to start to hear the the uh, Lord talking to you and speaking inside of you. It's going to thrill you. You're going to realize that your Christian life is regenerated. It's all new. Mm. It's all fresh. Mm. So... Uh, that's our major point today. Uh, we didn't get to the uh, to the four points. Uh, I'm going to share now for a brief moment, or or yeah. are we done our time? No, we got a few more minutes. We yeah. got a few more minutes. All right. So first first point is meditating on scripture, learning how to meditate on the Word of God, and the second point I need to make is revealed in uh, Matthew chapter seven, and you have a scripture. Verse there, I believe, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. 24 to 27, yep, absolutely. Matthew seven twenty four to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Uh, I may surprise you. I know there are 
probably thousands of people listening to us at this point. Uh, and I may shock you when I say that some of you are hearers of the word and some of you are doers. In every church service where I preach, there are people who hear and there are people who do. And the second step of learning how to hear the voice of God is to become a doer of the word. And when you become a doer, like this scripture says, you don't just hear the word. You decide when, you're, when the word is being preached, you're going to do it. Uh, there's a, a verse, Scott, and maybe you can find it as I'm talking here in James chapter 2 about uh, doers of the word. And um, anyway, the, the, the whole idea of being a doer is the fact that when the preacher preaches and says you're sinning and this is part of sin, if you realize you're sinning, you stop it. You do what the Word says. You quit playing church games. And there are so many people in contemporary Christianity who have become sermon tasters. They have tasted the, the it's like tasting a, a wine taster in some the vintage, this is a good sermon. Well, that point was off there, this or that. But very seldom do people come to the Word of God and to the house of God with a determination in their heart that when the preacher says something from God's Word that is speaking to them. Uh, that verse has is about a mirror, Scott, in, uh, in James chapter 1. Uh, James one twenty three. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his face, his natural face in a mirror. For once that he's, he's looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. He's forgotten what the mirror showed him. And the important thing about being a doer of the word is that when God's word shows you what is wrong in a negative sense, if, you've, if you're not walking in, in forgiveness, or if you're not walking in love toward a, a partner, or if, you're, uh, if something's wrong with your life and the Holy Ghost speaks to you, it, unless you're a doer of that word, uh, it's, it's going to ruin you. Hearers don't do anything. They, they come to church. They, as I was mentioning earlier, they're like a sermon taster saying, this vintage is good, that whatever, but in the whole process, if we refuse to do God's word, we become hardened in our hearts. Our conscience becomes hardened inside. And this is particularly true on the positive side, because you can look in the mirror and you can see things that are negative, but you can also look in the mirror of God and you can see things that are totally positive. One of those facts is that Jesus was punished so that we might be forgiven. That's a positive fact about your life. You're forgiven. You are walking in forgiveness even now because Jesus was punished for your sin. So the blessing of God is accruing to you. You're forgiven. Another, it's a part of what I call the divine exchange. Jesus was wounded so that we might be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. That's another positive look that we can gain from the mirror mm -hmm. when we look to, to see ourselves in the mirror of God's word. Then the next point is uh, 
Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous. You and I have to declare ourselves righteous because the Word of God says we are. But if we don't declare it, there's no sense of the reality there. If we're just hearers and not doers, we miss the message altogether. And it just bounces off our skin like water off a, off a duck's back. So it's, it's fundamental to become a doer of the Word. Do the Word and understand you're forgiven. Do the Word, understand you're healed. Do the Word and understand you're righteous. Do the Word and understand that you are full of the life of God. Do the Word and understand that God has taken the curse so that you might receive the blessing. You're blessed in every way. Do the Word so that we're not tied down with poverty, but we have the abundance of God. Do the Word and you'll know that we, we Jesus bore our shame so that we might share His glory. Just that one fact is, is powerful. Do the Word so that Jesus endured our rejection so we might enjoy His uh, acceptance. Ah, it's there. It's all there. But you, you and I have got to take the Word of God and look in the mirror and see the negative and do it, get it out. See the positive, confess it, and walk in it, and declare it. And that makes you hear God's voice. You cannot not hear God's voice when you're doing it that way. Wow. Wow. Meditating on Scripture and then doing it. Not just hearers, but doers. That's good stuff, Dad, as usual. Wonderful. So the first two points of the four points would be meditating on Scripture and then being doers of the Word, uh, according to James one twenty three. Do the Word. Don't just hear it. Don't forget what you look like in the mirror. <laughs> look in the mirror and then remember what you look like. Do the Word. Do what Scripture is saying. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will take the actions and the steps to actually praise God. I will read scripture. I will roll it around inside of myself. And then I will listen and hear the, the breath of the Holy Spirit speaking to me and encouraging me and telling me what to do and what not to do. This is just getting richer every time we, we share on this subject. I, I love it. God is a good God. He loves us and he's got good things for us. Well, thank you. This was a, a longer podcast, but we've enjoyed ourselves Hope you've enjoyed it as well. Grace and peace on you all. And we look forward to talking to you again when we will finish up the last two points on how to hear the voice of God. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.